Welcome back to the Practically Spiritual Podcast. This is Jessica Palmer of Jessica Palmer Official. I'm a breakthrough coach and personal development specialist. I'm all about helping people ditch existing mode, survival mode, and activate what I call thrive mode. So I've created this podcast in accordance with my mission, which is to create collective change through conversation and remarkable transformational experiences. So grab a coffee, grab a wine, whatever, whatever you like at all. And I hope you enjoy this transmission. Welcome back to the Practically Spiritual Podcast. I got my brother on here, who I kind of know, don't know too well, and I'm about to just like, I feel like we're about to have a moment. Yes. I've already had a couple of moments. Yes. Now we're about to have more moments. Yeah. And I'm I'm literally expanded to opening up and just like, so excited about it. I don't know what's Me gonna, too. I don't know what's going to come out of this conversation, but I just feel like it's going to be awesome. I agree. Couldn't agree more. I'm yes. here. Yes. Here so, um, first of all, I need to actually introduce you. Sure. Guys, this is Eric with a K. Yes. Oh, photographer mm-hmm. of icons. Yes. Mm. Spiritual Avenger. Yes. Conscious leader. Mm-hmm. And just, God, you're a wise man. Like, oh. seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I've recently discovered. You've recently discovered. Yep. That's so Continually interesting. Continually surprise myself. Mm, tell me. Tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we've. Oh, hey, Baba. Oh, co-host. We have a, we have a co-host here. Um, but you keep talking. My, uh, tell us all about you. My my belief is that we all have whatever we need, uh, already is present. Uh, we just need to access it. So I believe that wisdom is just accessing what we already know. Oh, it's so cute. I love babies. My, my queen and I are uh, talking about having babies. And, uh, oh, I love it. My chunky monkey. That's, that's my belief. That's my belief. I, think, I believe in emergent wisdom. I don't believe in personal development because that's just developing the, pers- the persona. Mm. I believe in emergent wisdom. We're actually uncovering. Like my, Michelangelo said, you know, what, how, did he, how did he create the David? And he mm. said, all I did was I just chiseled away everything that was not the David. And I believe that's wow. the work of our lives. I've been chiseling away. You've been chiseling away. And now other people have described me as wise. Wise. Which I find hilarious. Yes. Divine masculine. Indeed. All of the things. Yes, yes. yes. And more. So this is my little co-host, Hello. baby Nessie. Hey, Nessie. Hey. Oh, you're she's on, just divine. You're on all episodes. I learn a lot from babies. Do you find you've learned from babies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Children are our greatest teachers. Best teachers. I, I totally agree. And just my, I am not who I am. Like I would not have be this person that I am right now mm. without the lessons that I've learned from my children. I'm so excited to hear your story too. I know. I can't <laughs> wait to get it. We're actually doing like, it's really exciting. Kind of doing like a podcast, like extravaganza, I called it. Yep. Back to back podcasting. Indeed. Oh, bye there we go. Bottle, oh. food, food solves everything. Boom. <laughs> that still stays with me. Food solves everything. Yes. <laughs> yes, everyone loves it. Nobody wants to be hangry. No. Mm. So, yeah, Jess, that's what I, uh, I believe that we all have wisdom inside of us. Mm. And I think we just get reminded wherever we go if we choose to listen. Mm. You're a beautiful reminder for me right now. Ness is a beautiful reminder for me right now. We're all just mirrors for each other. At least yes. that's, that's my belief. And that, that's something that you, you know, you're really passionate about mm. self-leadership. And I think one thing I want to touch on is that, that listening when it comes to leadership. You speak to this beautifully. Yes. 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 What does that mean to you? Hmm. My uncle said we have two ears and one mouth, so keep that in mind. Whoa. That's um, good. It's, it's so simple, right? He was a simple man. Wasn't, didn't, wouldn't describe him as spiritual. Simple is the best stuff. But he's, I love the simple stuff. Two ears and one mouth. Listening to me took a long time to figure out. Reason why, and part of the reason why is I thought that I was worthy if I shared something valuable. So if I somehow said the right thing to you, then you would like me and then I would be worthy of love and then I wouldn't go unloved. Mm. And that would be 
enough. I thought I had to give something in order to receive, which was the biggest, I wouldn't say, it, it, was, a, it was a lesson. It was a lesson, but it haunted me. Like it was really painful. At, like because if I constantly think I need to give, I need to give, I need to give, I need to give, I need to give in order to be enough, mm. that becomes a slow grind real quick. And at, you know, at, at the bone when you have you have cartilage, mm. and then you, so between the bones you have cartilage, painful. cartilage, cartilage, and then eventually it just goes gets bone to bone. Yeah. And then every interaction just became painful because I felt I couldn't give enough. Mm. So listening to me was a revelation it's like and i'm speaking i'm speaking mostly now but i love listening now i actually get to hold space which is a whole new term isn't for me. it like, crazy no one taught me what hold space means jess same no one told me that they taught they, they taught me that i need to so when someone shares something so let's talk about listening for a okay, second speak up speak up speak right yeah speak, speak up, up speak up so we can hear you all right and on, on the on the flip side of that, we're told children should be seen, not heard. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a flip. It's, it's so like, confusing. It's really confusing. It's so confusing and conflicting because you're like, do I express myself yep. or do I just be the good kid? Right. Be a good human. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I discovered as a kid is my love was conditional. I needed to be a certain oh, way wow. in order to be accepted. So my voice was welcome as long as it was in a certain box, right? Wow. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I think, you know, I'm sure this is resonating with a lot of people. Oh, Papa. Yeah. I'm sure this is resonating with a lot of people as well that want to mm. be seen and heard. Exactly. So here's a revelation for all the guys out there. Um, this was a revelation for me. Actually listening and being fully present with my woman, that was enough. I learned, <laughs> I know, wow, wow, right? Like, as and you, you would say, yeah, of course, that's normal. Mm. I didn't know that. I thought that when a woman presented a problem to no, me. No, I mean, wow, like, this is so good for men because, oh, papa. Oh, Just I, keeping it real, you know. That's right. Keeping Love it real. life. That's Nothing so more spiritual than uh, motherhood. Motherhood. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> I learned yes. that. Um, ah, hey. Mm. See, she's looking into your soul. Just, I know you guys can't see right now. You can, oh. you only, maybe you're just listening. But um, Baby Ness, my co-host, is looking deep into um, Eric with a K's soul. Yes. What do you think? Yeah. Is he wise? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I trust her <laughs> definitely she's intuitive yes but like just hearing a man talking about listening that's for me is like not like oh that's normal because in actual fact it, it's not common no let's talk about that because yeah, let's get our, into that. our brains are, so men and women and this is the number one tip if anyone's in a relationship or want to be in a relationship this is the number one thing I learned and I just want to share it because I'm talking to my past self yeah Right, like whenever I don't know what to say or don't know who am I actually speaking to, I think, talk to your past self. So now mm. I'm talking to 21-year-old Eric right now. And what he needed to hear was, Eric, men and women are different. They respond differently. Words mean different things. They've done studies on Alan Alan Pease has studied this, studied this for, for decades. You might be familiar with Alan Pease. Yeah. And he said, there is one key difference. This, this is said to be the biggest difference between the genders, and that's the meaning of words. So in general, in general, men use words for information. I know this, yeah. this, this interview is like taking that, this path right now. Yeah, and it's, it's just perfect. going there. It's so just going, going Let's there. just go yeah, there. Totally. Men use words for information. Yeah. Information. It comes back from... Helpful. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. When's the meeting? That time. Perfect. Are we coming back? Okay. Are you coming back for, for, for beers later? Yes. Perfect. Okay. What are we doing after? Okay, in order to do this, we need to put, okay, we put the plank like that. Bang, bang. All right, put the plug in there. Fantastic. Done. Awesome. Sweet. That's information. That's how we communicate. That's words for us. That's what they mean. And it comes from the caveman days, right? It was really useful. When we went out hunting, mm. we would go out and say, okay, the, the deer, the flock of deer are two kilometers from the pass. We're going to cut them off through the valley 
and they're about 150 meters and we're gonna need this this and this spear and we're gonna need about 10 men yeah information right boom yeah. get the job done how are we getting home okay perfect we're gonna go trek straight back boom the sun is setting so the sun is setting we need to get back in this time boom put the fire okay logs on fire bang cool that's information women use words in a very different way mm. to women words are about connection yeah it's about community it's about love it's about expressing absolutely right so hey babe oh I had the most, I had the most incredible day, but I feel like I'm drained. I don't know what you should just see me today. Like the boss made me speak in front of the group, the group. And I was like, so nervous. I done a bit of homework. I wasn't sure if I was ready. Yeah. And then I got up and then Gary, Gary on the tables. He was like, I don't agree with you. And I broke down and oh gosh. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just observing myself in what you're saying right now. And I'm thinking, what my husband thinks. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to a male brain, and this is important, a male brain hears, oh, okay, cool. Problem. She's clearly emotional. There's a, there's a problem here. There's a problem. Um, she um, went to, to, to do the presentation at work. Okay, cool. She wasn't prepared. So we need to fix that. She needs to be prepared next time. Gary, he, we need to sort out Gary. I don't know what to do with Gary, but we're going to make sure that Gary doesn't do that again. All right. Now let's figure out, is she even in, her, in the right job? Hmm, maybe she needs to change her job. Okay, cool. Problems to solve. Let's get into it. Okay, babe. So let's go through. What was your preparation like? <laughs> Boom. She's already lost it, right? And a woman yeah. goes... It's like, what was my preparation what like? Was my, are you questioning are you, yeah. my ability to prepare in this moment? And we're off to the races, and right? You, and you're like, <laughs> I'm just here trying to fucking solve a problem. And I'm over here going... He's not listening. You're not listening to me. Exactly. Are you hearing how I'm feeling exactly. right now? Exactly. Exactly. And if we go back to the caveman days, I say caveman, but like that, those days, cavewoman, yeah. caveman days. Um, We're still genetically encoded with it. Right. Yeah. As far as my understanding goes, this is how I understand it. Women needed the group to be super tight. So the women would stay home and mm. they, they needed to be fully connected at all times. Why? Because if a little saber-toothed tiger came around the, came around the, in, the, around in the bushes, hunting. right? As soon as one woman noticed it, the whole tribe needed to know it. So they needed to be completely connected. Yeah. Almost without words. They needed to, be, to feel each other. Like, oh, oh, something's up. Mm. Or if there was a berry that was poisonous, they needed to be able to communicate that instantly. Mm. Otherwise, whole tribe's dead. Also, they need to raise children, and if one mum couldn't look at, so they need to babysit for each other's families, and they needed that connection in order to be able to do that. So that's how. Hence, we, it takes a tribe. Hence, it takes a tribe. Mm. Absolutely, and that, that's another thing we've lost in modern society. Mm. That's another story. So for men, women use words to communicate connection and love. Mm. So they'll say, "I love you," and they'll pour a bunch of words on you. Bunch of words. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, and, and men go, like, information, okay. information, information. Oh, what do I do with this? We don't have to do anything. That's the trick. We don't have to do anything. Nothing. Have Just, you, did you guys get that? Just double checking. <laughs> don't have to do anything. She's actually giving you love by just expressing words. The, the mistake is to, to try to fix something. And I used to fix all the time. And women would commute, would be upset with me because they feel like I didn't hear them. Mm. But you're like, Very common. I'm, I'm, I'm here. hearing. I'm being In fact, I'm, I'm not just I'm trying yeah. to help. Exactly. You know, fix your problems because I'm a fixer. I'm exactly. A I'm a fixer. That's how I roll, right? I'm let a man. Let me you let, fix you. Let yeah. me fix you, right? Yeah. So I stopped trying to fix women. I'm a yeah. retired fixer. <laughs> and my relationship's way more uh, fulfilling, way more easeful, way more passionate. Mm. So that's number one. No one told me how to hold space. So powerful. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge what you've just said there about your relationship. Um, how your relationship has just brought so much magic out of you. Oh, it's the best. It's mm. the best. It's like you two came together and you've just, I don't know, you've come together mm -hmm. and your light has just got brighter. Mm -hmm. Like you're two, it's kind of how I'm envisioning it right yeah. now. That's what I think relationships are about, Jess. 
Because there are times in the middle wow. of a storm, right? When we're in the middle of a storm, right? Yeah. And she doesn't understand me. I don't understand her. I'm going through my challenges. I've got childhood trauma coming up. She's got childhood stories going up. Yeah. She's got mom and daddy issues. I've got mom and daddy issues. And we collide. And this, we're in the middle of the storm. And there's times when I'm just like, why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Mm. It would be so much easier on my own. Yeah. And I think sacred union definitely brings that. Whether you have a relationship that you're happy with or you're not happy with, regardless, yeah. this lesson is being taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been with my partner since I was 14 years old. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And I only just, after like 16, 17 years of being together, mm. uh, recently realized, why is it that I was just so into him and I just couldn't mm-hmm. explain it? Yes. And then I've realized, oh my God, we're both what we wanted to grow within each other. Like I've gone, he is so, because I was very more um, kind of reserved and not wanting to take. You? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I was just like such an intense people pleaser. Whereas he was so like, I'm not letting anybody in like, and I'm such a loving, just like love everyone. And I've kind of gone. Oh, okay. He had what I needed. Mm-hmm. And I had what he needed. Perfect. Mm. What I call a purpose relationship. There's a purpose. But it took me 17 do. years to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't take you guys 17 years to realize that. But. Beautiful. What, what I've noticed, and this is... I, say, I, I, I explained that when I met Jamie Lee, my life went from black and white to color. Yeah. And I really mean that. Like, that's how I see it. Because we don't know what we don't know. So if I'm mm. living in black and white, I have no idea. I have no reference point, right? So all totally. I know is black and white. Points of reference is so important. Exactly. And then I met her and I went, my life, whoa, this is what living could be. Mm. So for me, relationships are just about amplifying what we already have. It's about... All relationships, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Especially the intimate one. Yeah. I believe mm. it's about amplifying life experience. Mm. It's all well and good to have life like this, which, which we can do by ourselves. And it's a lot simpler and easier in many ways. However, I believe a relationship is a way to experience higher highs and in other ways, lower lows. Yeah. And then it's, it's, a, it's a weird. It's interesting. It's a weird because phenomenon. It's like, but if you don't, because if you stay by yourself and you're mm. just doing you, yeah. you're doing your thing, which is beautiful yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But like you said, you get to experience those higher highs. But then when you really experience the depths of the darkness or yeah. whatever it is, those lows. There's something fulfilling about it. Yeah, go ahead. That's when you learn. Yes. That's when you grow. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I mean, a plant grows from the dirt. Like it grows out of dirt. A plant grows from the dirt. A rocket launches from the ground, not from totally. halfway in the sky. Totally. Like um, J.K. Rowling says... Rock bottom became the solid foundation upon which I built my yeah. life. I love her story. I oh my her goodness! Story like you know Incredible. she's living in a car. Nobody believes in her. Yep. Well, who the fucking joke? Who's the joke on now? Like exactly. Mm. I love it. Mm. So juicy. I love that we went there. I know it is so true, and you know what? <laughs> I love the connection that you and Jamie have. Mm. Um, not because it obviously serves you two, mm-hmm. but because your connection serves others. Mm. Because when we watch you two speaking together and you're talking about relationships mm. and how we can communicate more effectively and help each other grow, mm. it's next level. Like, I don't want to use, you know, next level can sound a bit novelty, mm. but it really is next level. It is really revolutionary when, you know, Mm. yes, it's actually quite simple when we actually sit down and take a moment to listen Mm. and be present with it. Mm. But I'd love to know, what are you guys going to be doing with all of this juicy relationship stuff Mm. that you're sharing? Because I feel like there's something that needs to be spread to the world from it. Mm. Thank you. I received that. I am. That's a really interesting sentence to receive, actually, from <laughs> someone who was so confused two years ago. Um, 
it's been very interesting to to get so many people reaching out and go could you are you doing a workshop or something on this can you like share more about it and we broke up five times in the first two weeks we then had five months of long distance <laughs> our first date she said I just want to let you know I I am um, my past relationship was in with the most incredible man and we oh, had the mo- we had we had the deepest love I've ever felt and he passed away from cancer Shit. That was our first date. Yeah. So I say that not to like scare people away and say, oh, that's, that's not how I do things. Mm. I, I'm saying that because we both came at it from a place of truth, truth, from a place of truth. And that's how we've been able to <sighs> scale to a, like a, a relationship that I never thought was possible. Yeah. I grew up, my parents divorced when I was two. Um, my, my dad had 17 different girlfriends until I was 18. 17. My, my mom, um, always searching, just always searching, mm. always searching. My mom gave up on the idea of having a man. And so mm. I was just not shown any examples of what love could, what love could really be and what an intimate partner really um. meant. So I was living in did black. Did you think it was possible? Like, did you think that this kind of love existed? <laughs> I was just, I was, I got a, I got connected to a, uh, a monk. He was a monk for 14 years and then he left the monastery and became an entrepreneur and he lives in, lives in India. And, um, he says, I just followed the call. Yeah. And there are moments yes. like, like this, right? And this is what I believe is practically spiritual where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Is when... We're willing to listen, not just to each other, more importantly, listen to ourselves. Ourselves. And when I say ourselves, I don't mean um, our mind. Yeah. I mean our. What's the calling? What's the right. higher purpose? What's that unknown? What's flowing through you? Right. Exactly. What wants to flow through you right now? It's so beautiful. My friend in India, he's like, I got a. I was living in India at 11 years old. I told my parents, I am not going to live a life on your terms. I'm actually probably going to upset you sometimes, but I need to follow my calling at 11. And it really hit me. I was like, oh my goodness. That's what I started doing when I was 19. I started going, I'm just going to follow my calling. I I moved to Australia from Norway to Australia. And how did you choose to come to Australia? Desperation desperation i was in such a place where i was i was done feeling average Mm. simplified way way to look at it but i was like waiting my my there's a whole story my sister was my waiting my sister and i she's one year younger we had she actually shaped most of my life Mm. one year younger my parents were divorced, so it was me, my mom, and my sister in the house. I took full responsibility for their well-being. Why? I don't know. A couple of moments. Couple, like, I just decided this is my responsibility. If they're all right, I'm doing my job. If they're not okay, I'm failing and something's wrong. Mm. So see how my whole self-worth became wrapped up in other yeah. people's well-being? I became obsessed with making sure they were okay. Yeah. And... I was validated for it. It's like, you're such a good, you know, Ooh. such a good older brother doing so well. I like, you're, you're such a gentleman, right? All those things. And you're I was, like, oh, tell me more. I'm Give doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Now, so that people pleaser uh, pattern became so well ingrained because it was reinforced mm. and reinforced and reinforced. That's all I was. And so when you walked in the room, I would go, okay, cool. What mask do I need to put on for you to, to like me mm. so that you can feel safe around me? Perfect. Okay, what mask do I need to put on? Boom, this mask. Nope, this mask. Perfect. Oh, I the, the, mask. the constant transitioning oh, is my... so exhausting. Like, who has time for that? However, that became my game. Yeah. Right? That was my challenge. I was like, happening. okay, so this is what life must yep. be. Look, this is the process. This yep. one. Perfect. Yeah. So this is what life is. Put on the mask that's most appropriate to the situation <laughs> and live from that place. So other people will like you. That's the way to do it. And when other people don't like you, it just means you put the wrong mask on. Mm. 
right? And I was young and I was, you know, very yeah. ignorant. And we think that we're serving others, but, yes! but we're actually not. Oh my goodness. So I became so infatuated with this idea. And then I eventually at 19, I said, this is exhausting. I'm leaving. Oh, hey, Ness. So let's, <laughs> let's get back into, you know, what we were talking about there. Yeah. So I was talking about why I came to Australia. Yeah. And, um, Eventually, the people pleasing, the masks on, masks off. I thought that was life. I thought that was doing well in life. Eventually, at 19, I was like, this is exhausting. I don't know. I don't know what life's supposed to be, but it's not this. Right. And I had. Was there a moment that you realized it was exhausting? Like, was there a pivotal moment where you realized mm-hmm. that? Or did it just kind of, you just kind of go, oh, I'm done with it? There are, no, there are multiples, right? So there's, um, yes. And these are like, that's part of my, the, Part of my frustration with my current, with my life is I want to like discover and, and remember these moments. And that's not my strength. My strength is not in re- remembering moments. So I really want to like remember specific moments in my life. And, and I just, I haven't been able to, to remember all of them. So it's a really good question. I remember the feeling. Yes. I don't remember the, I don't remember the moment. Maybe I'm, maybe it'll I'm come to me. I'm actually the same. I'm Are actually you? the same. Yeah, it going bugs me. through my you know really these deep deep times of trauma. Yes. And and then just waking up one day and I just the night before I went to bed I was like I'm just gonna change my life and then I woke up and yeah. then it was already changed Boom. and it was like I completely felt different immediately. Wow. So I don't I also can relate to that because I'm like I'm sure there was multiple times. Yes. But I just I have no idea. Right. When, when I decided was when there was a, a past student that came in to, to speak at a high school about studying abroad. Ah. And he came in. I still remember the brochure. The brochure had all these English speaking. had had uh, England, had United States, Canada, and Australia. And I, still, I remember I opened up to the page of Australia and had a little uh, um, road sign. Hello. A, a road sign of a kangaroo. Yeah. And I still remember that. That's imprinted in my mind. I said, that's it. Wow. That's where I'm supposed to go. And so I believe that spirit interrupts. Um, either first... Aww. I like the analogy of like um, spirit will first give us a nudge. Then it'll give us a slap. And then if we still don't listen, it'll like pff, lay a, a ton of bricks on us. Yes. Right, it'll knock us on our, on our, on our ass if yeah. we don't listen. And so that, that, that's what happened. It was like, oh, cool. I got the nudge. And then I got the slap and then I got, there's a couple of um, things that happened, a couple of conversations with my, my grandma that I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to do something else. So I just left. So what was it like leaving Norway? Like leaving that, what you know, Oh. Ter- and coming here, like, did you know anyone? Nope. You didn't know anyone? Nope. Wow. Zero humans. And what was your intention coming over here? Get out of where I was. Yeah. And I say it very like bluntly, like that's my intention was to get out of where I was, get out of the cold, get out of the, get out of the darkness and get out of the frustration and confusion. Mm. So I, when I said like, why'd you move? Desperation. I got to a point where it was so painful that I just couldn't stay where I was. Mm. And then the uncertainty of like, what's going to happen? But then I booked my plane tickets and then the adventure. So like the uncertainty clicked into adventure and I was like, I'm along for the ride. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Totally. There's a point when, when uncertainty becomes adventure. <laughs> yeah, you get and to I, choose. We get to choose, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And now I choose that earlier on. Yeah. But anyway, to keep it super simple, I moved because I was sick and tired of where I was putting masks on. And then I realized that my new to Australia put on a whole new identity. I'd never had alcohol. I started drinking. I'd never ridden a motorbike. I got a motorbike. I never had a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend. And so everything changed. I changed my identity, like who I wanted to be. And I felt like all of a sudden I'm empowered. It's like, I am putting Eric with a K onto Australian soil. I'm doing me. And no one knows me. So they're not going to know any different. There is kind of a bit of freedom, isn't it? When you're you're somewhere like you could be, you know, go and speak in front of everyone that you know, or go and speak to a room of a thousand people. And you don't, you don't know anyone, but you're just like, you own it. Whereas if you know them all, you're like, um, Oh, that person said that thing about me once. Boom. So I better say this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. I love that. So that's what happened. And I moved to Australia when I was 19. Uh, I decided at that point I was going to be someone different. And then I realized 
I we started to to run the same pattern again. As soon as some people started to dislike me or started to not um, resonate with who I was being, I started going straight back to people pleasing and straight back to putting masks on, straight back to putting masks. And then, and I've had like two year cycle, type cycles, yes. Like so I had two years in, in, in Townsville, North Queensland. And then I left. Like I said, I got to get out. And I went to Sydney, spent three years in Sydney. And then ah, I got to get out and moved to another place, moved to another job. And ah, I gotta get out. Yeah. So that's been cycling. Kind of gets too real. Oh. Exactly. The mask is starting to dissolve. Exactly. It's becoming a bit more transparent. That's right. Mm. That's right. They can see through it. They can ah! see me. I'm gonna get out of here. Exactly. Mm. Mm. And it wasn't until I went to, uh, I, I said I've I've had it. I, I'm willing to try anything. And I went to a transformational event, uh, which you be very familiar with. Um, the bridge experience, and I said, "Whatever, whatever's supposed to come through, I'm ready." And that that weekend, I shattered my identity, wiped the floor with it, and then allowed me to rebuild a new version of myself, mm. a whole new version. Mm. And that's when my my queen and I. Our relationship took a whole new level. I, my career took a whole new um, flavor and color. My relationship took a whole new flavor and color. And I decided, you know what? I deserve to have the life that I want and be my, myself through the whole thing. Mm. Changed my life, Jess. So amazing. And yeah, I remember um, I was fortunate enough to catch you on... Uh, Lauren Becker's uh, Facebook series that she has, The oh, Naked Tree. Shout out to Lauren Becker. That is such an awesome freaking... Yeah. Get into that, guys. The Naked Truth, Lauren Becker. So good. Love that shit. Yep. So, I was fortunate enough to just happen to kind of drop, jump on, and you were there. Yes. And I got to really see you and to hear more about your story. Mm. So, how you, you know, you were a little boy, like, getting up and, like, you're freezing... You're, you're putting like all these, I can, I've literally visualized it in my mind, this little cute like boy, like putting on all these layers yes. to go and like take photos. Yes. That was my thing. Yeah. And then you put all, you stacked all these masks on top. Yeah. And then as you've kind of removed them. Yes. Then you find yourself coming back to photography. Yes. I love how observant you are. You're such an incredible listener. I, that's exactly right. That's exactly what, what happened. When I was 11, there was no masks. It was just me doing what I wanted to do. I, I would, that, that, and that, that, at that time, I would get up and um, take photos of sunrises and it was freezing. That's how I got into cars as well. I was photographing cars and going to racetracks and I was so excited. I still have that. There's a massive print of a car that was like my dream car at the time, but I photographed and... Um, wow. So yes, when I was 11, there were no masks. Then boom, masks started to build up. And yeah, you're right. And as soon as I dropped the masks, photography came back because I realized that that 11-year-old kid is still in there. Mm. Still in here. He just hadn't been allowed to be fully him. Mm. So then you've sold, like, I, <laughs> I still, I'm like, oh my God, like I cringe when I, hear, I heard you say like. I sold all my photography gear. I all was like, yeah. no, nope, this isn't for me. Obviously, you know, yeah. this isn't for me. And then you've come back to yourself and you're like, <sighs> okay, I learned a lesson there. Yeah. I learned a lesson there. Oh, God. Um, I still remember that. It was the saddest day of my life up until that point. Mm. And anyone who's given up on their dream, they understand that the grief that comes with that. Mm. Because it, it was, I believe that when it, in order to evolve, we need to, um, we need to grieve the death of the person we were. Mm. So like the caterpillar, so the butterfly needs to grieve the death of the caterpillar. Mm. The butterfly needs to grieve the death of the caterpillar. And um, it didn't feel, it didn't feel fair. That yeah. was what really it got felt me. wrong, but it, you were still doing it. Yeah. 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 And I was going against. I f so one of the things that I learned from through Tony Robbins, which was a, he was an, an incredible teacher to me. Um, he said, the depression sets in when our life doesn't match our blueprint mm. and we feel powerless to change it. 
So depression kicks in when our life doesn't match our blueprint and we feel powerless to change it. So my blueprint was, I want to do what I love and get paid for it. Like, yeah. that seemed like a really... Because I'm... Tall order. I'm really... Yes. You're saying it seems like yeah. <laughs> right. And at that moment, when I gave up on photography, I was like, I'm giving up what I think life should be about. And I, I don't think I can change it. I think it's, it has to do this way. I feel like life was doing me rather than I was doing life. Mm. It's not a very inspired place to come from. Mm. It's not... And I, I, um, that's why I'm so passionate about self-leadership. Yeah. That's why I'm so passionate about self-leadership. I couldn't inspire or impact or attract anyone until I was willing to lead Eric. So when you decided to come back to photography and yes. go, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm saying yes. <laughs> yes. I'm saying yes to photography because yeah. I'm saying yes to myself. That's it. How long ago was that? Nine months and two days. Nine months and two days. I love that you know that. Mm. Mm. So what has changed for you from since the moment that you've made that choice? Yes. What's changed for you? <laughs> 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 remember there was a childhood game I remember the childhood game of like um, there's two two drawings and they look identical but your job is to find the differences oh, do you remember that game? yeah oh, and there's always like a couple that you see and you're like oh yeah. I'd always miss that little like there would be three lines on the tiger and I would always yeah. miss that like the, the lines mm. to me answering that question is like the opposite of that because it's not about discovering what's different. It's about what remained the same. Because the whole thing changed. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. Like, I, the whole thing changed. I saw life, and I still do. I saw life in a whole new way. I started doing life rather than life doing me. Like, God, that's a really simple way to look at it. I felt like instead of watching the television, I was producing the TV show. Um, have you seen the... Um, Truman Show? Yes. It's like when he bumps up against the edge of the world. Yeah. Bumps up against the edge of the world. And he goes, oh, I've been living in a bubble. Or Finding Nemo, you know, Finding Nemo? Yeah. You know, all those fish that are living in the tank and they discover Nemo who's from the ocean and it inspires them to... Oh, I love I love this. To go yes, for it. Yes, yes. That's truly how I felt. I felt like I went from the, from the fish tank to the ocean. You've just taken Finding Nemo to the next level for me. That's an amazing movie. I love that movie. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Dory is that Dory. Dory when she speaks whale. Oh, you, can you give us directions? Wallaby Way. Oh my God, kids' movies are the best. Um, that's how it felt going from living in the Matrix to fully unplugging and going, I get to program myself. I'm human. I'm, I'm in charge of my life. And photography was a byproduct of that. Yeah. I said photography is just a, a natural expression. I didn't, it didn't mm. teach me to go back to, to photography. Yeah. It stripped away everything that was not me. And then the natural thing to do was to go to photography. Yeah. Which was always the thing. Always. It was always the thing. Yeah. Storytelling in yes. a visual way. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Mm. And, you know, your images are so, they do tell a story. Like, I mm. can see the essence of someone. And, you know, there are other photographers that don't quite capture that. There's just, there's a photo and there's there's not as much dimension to it. Mm. Whereas I'm kind of like, who's that person? Mm. Like, when I see your photos, I'm like, mm. oh, who's she? Like, what is she doing? What is she saying to me with her eyes? Like... Mm. Yes. That's the vibe that I get from your photos. Oh, amazing. Mm. That's, that's, that's the intention. I believe, let's move on. Let's move into, so we're on leadership, on the, on the, on the purpose of leadership, because people who are listening are leaders in their own right. Um, they identify as spiritual, but they also want to create something in the world. Yeah, that's how, we at want least, some tangible value. And that, tangible that's value. the beauty of, you know, we have to bring practicality into the spirituality and vice right. versa. right. 
So I personally, my belief is we get to be interesting instead of just pretty, handsome, nice, professional. Like all these words that we've been taught on how to um, get attention to our thing. So for example, like a real estate agent is told, okay, cool. If you're a real estate agent, you need to dress like this. You need to show up like this and have a website like this. And that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, if you are a in like financial services, you're supposed to, okay, dress like this, show up like this, blah, 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 blah. And if you're a if, leader. If you're a leader, or you're supposed to dress like this, show up like this, speak like this, write a book like this, blah, 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 blah. In this day and age where people now buy from people instead of logos, and the yes. democ- right? And the democratization of capitalism. So now anyone can be in business for themselves. Like, shout out to the internet. Shout out to the freaking internet, right? Like that's an amazing time. And Gary Vee talks about it all the time. He's like, I don't think people realize the enormity of the time that we live in yeah. right now. So he's, so, and he's another champion for this. We need to be interesting. Yeah. Not just proper or professional or well-dressed, or articulate. And why do we need to be interesting? Because people buy from people. We like people who are like ourselves or people who are like who we want to be. we want to be, yeah. Right? So we, yeah, exactly. And right now, we have the opportunity. I have the opportunity to buy directly from you. I don't have to buy from X company. I don't have to buy from a logo. I can buy directly from Jess Palmer. And people will go out of their way because they're like, yeah, but I like the person at that coffee shop. Right. So I'm going to drive 30 minutes instead of going to the one that I can just walk to. Perfect example. Perfect example. We go to a coffee shop that's like, there's like 15 coffee shops in the, like within one kilometer distance here. And the one that we go, go, go to is further than one kilometer. Yeah. Why? Because we love the people. We just yeah. love the people there. And so that's... They make you feel something. Absolutely. Why do we need to be interesting? We want to feel something. Why do I create the photography, that, the photos that I do? Because I want people to feel something. And now we have the opportunity to feel more than ever. Mm. The challenge we're facing is that technology is now numbing us, numbing us, numbing us, and making us short-term focused. That's another story, which I'm happy to go into. However, when it comes back to looking interesting and appearing interesting, that's what you're doing here, right? You know, you know, how what it would have taken to have to have this published 20 years ago do you know how much it would have cost yeah right tens of thousands of dollars and you would have needed three dudes to approve and say yes we'll put you you on the air can't see this right now but i'm literally recording this using the anchor app which is free yep on my iphone boom that is the world that we live in and yeah. that is why interesting now trumps anything else. It trumps production value. Mm. Interesting is more important than production value. That's fascinating. Wow. That's fascinating. So, interesting. so what that means is if you like Smurfs and you're like, that's, that's your thing, is Smurfs, you could literally do that all day, every day and get paid. You and could create paid. a community around Smurfs. If you like Petunias... If, if you're like hardcore, petunias is your thing. This is so juicy. I love it. Yeah. You could live a life in petunia. You could petunia this up. And like you could have a podcast about petunias. You could you'd sell petunias to your door. You could sell um, education on how to <laughs> grow your petunias. I'm just, this is off the cuff. Mm. And that's what I realized. So I realized photography, when I failed the first time, and this is the part, I failed not because photography is dead. Um, I failed because of the, the people I was surrounding myself. Because of your lack myself. of self-leadership. Yes, my lack of self-leadership. I, did, I wasn't leading myself and my environment was definitely not leading themselves either. So mm. going back to, to leading myself. So that's why like, if I want to leave anyone with anything is I would say like, what does it mean to lead yourself and how do I do that? So like, that's priority number one. Jim Rohn told me the first thing you need to do if you want to succeed, he said, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And mm. those listening might still be in a job. They might have a side hustle. They might be full-time entrepreneurs. But Jim Rohn reminded me, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Mm. That's the work, the work of self-leadership. Mm. That's what I love about you. Thank 
like, I can't wait to dive into your story. And having you in our life is an absolute gift for many reasons. One, you're a mirror of something. You remember how you talked about um, yeah, um, I your partner. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or my partner. Oh, yeah, my partner, yeah. No, yeah, but we, oh, we have so much cool stuff. I know. Every time Jess and I meet, we, like, yeah, magic happens. I know. We need, like, 10 hours. Oh, totally. <laughs> but I see something in, I see myself in you and you see yourself in me. I see myself in Ness. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, to drop my kind of philosophy on, on life. Yes, it's all well and good to achieve. It's great to make an impact on, on the world. It's fantastic to make all the money in the world that you want just to have an abundant lifestyle that you deserve for yourself, for your family. At the end of the day, I personally believe that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And that spiritualness, the oneness that we all are, that I see in you, that we see in her eyes, that oneness chose to experience itself. Mm. And the only way to experience oneness is to experience the opposite of oneness. So we created, totally. yeah. So we created the realm of relativity, the realm of hot, cold, dark, light, the realm of this way and that way, pleasure and pain. We, think we created that so that we could experience ourselves. It. Right. Not even understand. We could experience ourselves. I, lo- I love that. That's something that I love talking about. It's like there's a big difference between... Um, so I study linguistics um, at uni. Yeah, so I'm like... I, I really do love like words and language. And Juicy. And just like... Yeah, I get really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's something called like... There's like linguistic competence... Oh, sorry, comprehension and then linguistic performance, which kind of plays into life, which is you can know, you can know about something, yes. but then you can know something. And yes. when you know something, that's when you fully embody it and you are it and you, and you ah, do it. Right. So you can... It's one thing to like... You can read all the textbooks in the world and, right. and know about how to be a leader. Yes. Or know how to... I don't know, turn on the tap. Sure. Let's just get real basic. Done. Let's do real it. Real basic. Yes. To, le- to know how to turn on a tap. Uh-huh. But unless you actually choose to get up and experience it and do it. Yes. Then, yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Oh, it gets me so excited. Right. Mm. Exper- and this is what I believe, is a believe that. Experience. Yes. Yeah. Allowing yourself to actually experience it. Right. And to me, that's what being a spiritual leader is. It's just fully experience life. I, every, every day, just being around Jamie, my queen, Jamie Lee, just being around her, I see spirit in her every day. And I'm reminded that all we're here to do is experience. Yeah. Like this moment. Yes. Like there's nothing else. Mm. Everything else is in the mind. So if you were to sum up what self-leadership, like your, your own definition of yes. it in one sentence, yes. what would that be? <laughs> I'll say it this way. I believe that how we see ourselves is the path to enlightenment. So how we see ourselves is the path to enlightenment. We can see ourselves as the person who's experiencing this. We can see ourselves as a person who's reflecting on this thing. Or we can see ourselves as the, the, the part that's evolving through this thing. So the person we're yet to become. Mm. I believe that what we are is actually the person that stays constant through the whole thing. So self-leadership to me is just about noticing, having a proper perspective on what is me, what's constant. I love that question. What is me? Yeah. I, even though it's so simple. I love simple stuff. Me too. It's the best. Me too. So th- the real answer, like for someone listening, is like, I have no freaking idea. Like, and I and haven't guess met... Guess what? You get to go on a self-discovery mission. Absolutely. I have no idea. Mm. What it has been so far is noticing what that one... The thing that stays consistent and constant and getting to know that person. 
and then going, okay, I have it. Okay, so what? So everything else is different. Everything else is not me. So ego, not me. Yeah. My experiences, not me. My past, not me. My emotions, not me. What's constant? And then becoming super familiar with that. I've never answered this question like this before. Mm. Because I'm evolving. I'm answering this differently than any other time. And, and this is a new thing that, you know, back in the day, people would get a job. Yeah. They'd be in that job. Yeah. And that was it. Right. And then you die. Yep. Like that's basically the situation. Yep. Whereas now you get to be in a job and have this. Uh-huh. And then you get to do that. And then you yep. get to have that job because we get the opportunity. Yep to always just be coming and evolving into something new. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's, that's like what you're saying is the definition of self-leadership. Ah. Beautiful. You're helping me with it. Mm. I agree. So powerful. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so honored to have you on here. Um, thank you for accommodating with my bubs. And before we go, mm. you know, I have my final segment. Yes. And... This is my favorite part. <laughs> I'm ready. So I have four questions for you. Yes. The first is, what is your definition of spirituality? Mm-hmm. Easy. The acceptance of all things. Mm. I love that. What happens when we die? Same as happened before we were born. Mm. I've got to think about that. Interesting. I love that answer because no one's really made me stop and go, oh, Mm, that's interesting. Mm. If you could ask one question to the powers that be, Mm -hmm. to God, source, whatever that is for you. Yes. What question would you ask? How does it get any better than this? I love that. That's so good. And last but not least, um, fill in the blanks. Yeah. Eric made me feel. Mm-hmm. Alive. Eric taught me. Love. Eric was always. Himself. Eric with a K, guys. Thank you so much for being on here. How can everyone um, follow you, Mm -hmm. check out all of your beautiful pictures? Yes. Eric Bergen, photographer on Instagram. Eric Bergen on Facebook. It's E-R-I-K space B-E-R-G-A-N. B-E-R-G-A-N. Eric Bergen. Mm, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm. Yes. Good times. You're amazing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Practically Spiritual podcast. I cannot wait to bring the next guest on. If you have any guest requests or recommendations, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram on the handle at Jessica Palmer Official or send me through an email at jessicapalmerofficial at gmail.com. Perhaps you have an inspirational story or an important message or gift that you know that you need to share with the world. I would love to hear from you. If this podcast, this transmission has impacted your life in any way at all, I would love to know. So feel free to connect, send me an email, DM me, tag, share all the good stuff. I can't wait to hear from you. Keep striving, keep thriving.